The Touchdown City Show is presented by Salango Law, where you don't get excuses, you get results. Visit them online at salangolaw.com. to you from the Stone Church Studio in St. Albans, West Virginia. Here's your host, Anthony Lewis, along with Avon Coborn and Derek Bailey. This is the Touchdown City Show. Welcome into the Touchdown City Show presented by Salango Law. I'm Anthony Lewis in the Stone Church Studio today with Derek Bailey and Avon Coburn, the GOAT. Michael Sussman is in, is it the Queen City? Is that what they call Cincinnati? Yes. He's in the net. He's in Cincinnati today on assignment. So, we've got a lot to talk about. The Final Four has been released. We'll get into that later in the show. Uh, A lot has happened this week. We've got a new athletic director. Hmm. Um, Also, we still have a head coach. So, let's get into that. First of all, what was your reaction with the, with, uh, the announcement that Neil Brown would be back for another season? I knew he would be back, to be honest with you, because um, he, he just costs too much money. I mean, <laughs> new 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 AD or not, like they can't uh, unless unless a uh, a donor was willing to just cut a check. Know, cut a check. We can't afford that. Uh, my my reaction was disappointment because I feel like next year is going to be more of the same. It's been four years. What we have is what we have. I mean, he was five and seven, six and four, six and seven, five and seven. I mean. It's just disappointment. I mean, whether the buyout, I mean, it's it's a lot. I get that. But it's still disappointing to me that WVU would keep a coach that, with that mediocre, mediocre of a record. And uh, we'll see. I think the fans may may revolt a little bit. We'll see, you know, as far as the fans go. I mean, I get it. I get keeping him just due, due to the fact of how much money it was going to cost to unload the guy. But at the same time um, – you know, that type of shakeup. And realistically, when you look around the landscape, who was really who who was a really good fit for West Virginia moving Dion. forward? <laughs> Michael's gone, so yeah, Dion. Um but but is Dion a good fit? I mean but, Dion's Dion's gonna be, you know, he, he's a he was two years at Jackson State. He's trying to make quick jumps to someplace else. Probably the NFL. But I mean, realistically, who was a good fit for West Virginia out there? I honestly don't believe in the fit thing anymore. Like, if you're a good fit or whatever, I don't, I don't buy that because, you know, these coaches come and go now. Like we saw a coach just now leave Notre Dame in the past year. Brian Kelly left for LSU. Brian Kelly's not a good fit at LSU, in my opinion. Like he doesn't fit like what LSU represents. But I think he's going to do a fantastic job there. I mean, his first year, he takes him to the conference championship game. It's not necessarily about the fit anymore. It's about what these coaches can sell to these kids and what these boosters can give to these kids. <laughs> to be honest with you, you're 100% right. Um, it, it's not about – it's because there's no – fit Fit was there when, when there was a bit of loyalty. Like you spoke mm-hmm. about earlier when you said kids don't go, for the, don't go for the coach, go for the school. It's not about that now because if they don't like the coach – they're they're jumping in the portal, mm-hmm. so it's it's one of those things. They're just going to see if this person can bring out what it is that they 
they have inside of them. Out and obviously, you know, if they can get on the field and play. But you know, to me, if if we were to gonna get somebody, I would love to to get a Dion. I know Suss is not here, but at the same time, shaking up what it is that we do because you know Neil Brown is what we always done: comfortable, conservative. Um, um, I mean, I wouldn't say that because Rich Rod was totally different than than Neilan, and Neilan was there for twenty years. But I think I think you know Neil Brown is back to what Coach Neilan was. Uh, you know, a, a conservative, a, a that type he, of a person. He seems more laid back, right? Than Rich Rod was. Oh, 100 percent balls to the wall. Like he's gonna he's gonna he's fiery. Mm-hmm. Neil Brown and Neilan were more the same, laid yeah. back coaches. Yeah, and and I, I don't I don't know how they got into and and again that fit is for the AD, that's where the fit comes in. Mm-hmm. You know, what is the fit of the AD's personality? Is he, mm-hmm. you know, would that AD, would, would Sean Ly- Shane Lyons fit with, with Rich Rod? And probably not because Rich Rod's going to call him a whole bunch of MFers and, and <laughs> do, do stuff that, you know, is just not that what he's comfortable with. Yeah, so my thing about Neil Brown is uh, I, one thing that is encouraging looking forward is a couple of things. You know, barring any major transfers, I like the young batch of guys. the 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 thumbs up on him has been his recruiting, right? And we got Absolutely. to see a little bit of that this year. Um, so that's a thumbs up. You'll see some more of that. The thing I need to see is I need to see some defensive changes. Our defense has been, as you coined it, dumpster, <laughs> dumpster juice. For a couple of years now, absolutely. I mean, I mean, well, not necessarily a couple of years, but this year has been. This year it was, for sure. It was really bad. This it was year trash. it was really bad. And I mean, but there was a point in time where we couldn't. I don't know. I, I'm just not been impressed with this regime of defense. Right. I'd rather see a tougher physical defense than the product we put on the field, even the last four years. The the defense of Coach Brown, I, I agree. His recruiting, I mean, even through all of this, like I saw just like a day or two ago, I don't know, it was a couple of days ago, West Virginia did get two two guys that they've been recruiting for a while. I mean, and with all the negative talk about Brown not coming back or whether he's coming back or not, now I know he's been – he's like back now officially, but for how long? And these kids are still committing, so – there's something he's doing right on the recruiting trail. It just needs to show up in the games. I mean, I think he does everything right Sunday to Friday, but on Saturday it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. That's well, you know, and one of the things, and of course when we come back from break, we'll talk a little bit about the new AD, but one of the things is, you know, this is a money age. The question is, was Neil not getting the money to get the guys he needed or to keep the guys that transferred. Now you start to look at the Mesadors and the other guys that took off. Was there an issue with getting them more money? And it makes me kind of wonder now, like, hey, wait a minute. You know, you should have been able to counter it, it, some of that stuff, and maybe there, it just wasn't there to give. So maybe that was the move with Shane Lyons. That, I mean, the money thing's going to just get worse and worse and worse until something's done about it. I mean – we we just expanded the playoff to twelve teams. That's more games. That's more money for these like for the NCAA to make. Um, you know all that stuff that goes into it, and it's harder for the WVUs to compete against the Alabamas. It's harder for those schools. I mean, it's going to, the money thing is it's going to get worse, in my opinion, before it gets better. I d- I just think you know maybe with this new move though maybe this will help football. I mean, possibly. I just, I mean, 
the way I'm looking at it, and I'm seeing it, you know, we haven't even seen this playoff come into play yet or anything. But the way I'm viewing this is Texas A&M can fire their coach and pay him $85 million for a buyout. West Virginia can't fire their coach and pay him $16 million. How does West Virginia compete with Texas A&M? Because that's the schools they're competing with. And A&M's not the only one with that kind of money. Right. And, and that's, a, that's a big deal, man. That's a big deal. Well, you know, I've always argued that West Virginia's had to do it unconventionally. And they're not going to be able to do that anymore. So when we, we're, let's take a break. When we come back, let's talk a little bit about the new AD, Ren Baker, from North Texas. We'll talk about him and some of his credentials after this. The relationship between a lawyer and a client is based on trust. You have to make certain that the lawyer you hire has your best interests at heart. This is attorney Ben Salango. Just like the Mountaineers are fighting hard on the field, the Salango Law Firm will fight hard to win your case. Whether it's medical malpractice, automobile or trucking accidents, hiring an experienced lawyer will make a difference in the outcome of your case. When you hire my law firm, you get results, not excuses. Check us out at salangolaw.com. It's our liquidation event at Todd Judy Ford. We have just repriced 97 vehicles below market value for immediate liquidation. We have cars, trucks, and SUVs in all price ranges available immediately. And you can start the process right from your phone. Just go to our website or Facebook page to chat with our team. We can send you a link to appraise your own trade using Kelly Blue Book Instant Cash Offer, and we can send you an application for financing. And financing is available for all credit types. Just go to ToddJudyFord.com and see for yourself. Welcome back to the Touchdown City Show presented by Salengo Law. And before we took the break, we'd started to talk a little bit about uh, the new athletic director at West Virginia University, Ren Baker. Um, it's been such a crazy week. Now I'm thinking back when we were here last, had Shane Lyons been fired? Yeah, he had been, been fired. fired. Yep. I mean, it's been a nutty. It's a, yeah, we, he was gone for about two weeks. And we were, we were getting about like four or five names and none of them were Ren Baker. Right. <laughs> one of them was this guy. Well, you know, it's it's always funny to me. Everyone thinks they have a source. These no Twitter one, handles and no all these. No one knows anything. Numbskulls that tweet all this stuff out. Listen, and, and this is the truth. I worked in the athletic department for seven years. Ed Passlong was my boss. I was in the offices, in and out all the time, talking to Mike Parsons, all the people that were calling the shots. When the transition from Catlett to to Beeline happened, I knew nothing. No one knows anything. So on the outside, these people don't know anything. So stop tweeting all that stupid stuff and retweeting it. And these 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 people are jackholes. But anyway, Ren Baker uh, comes to West Virginia from North Texas. He is considered and is a highly respected uh, young administration young administrator. Um, you know. And and I know maybe some of the people thought, well, we should get another guy from Alabama or somebody from LSU or somebody, you know. Those people are sitting pretty, man. It goes back to the money that we just talked about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this guy's making more than lines. <laughs> I'm not so, well, I mean, no, 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 no. But I'm talking about getting somebody from Alabama or yeah. LSU. Yeah, but, like, you it, know, maybe yeah. an assistant or something. Yeah. But this guy's making a million a year now at West Virginia. But – the thing is, um, the talk is when 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 people in the know have asked about him, he's well respected and liked, but is a big time fundraiser. Yeah, that's what I read as well. I read that he was a fundraiser, which is that's what you need in this era. You it's, gotta dig up bread 
to give to these young people. You you have um, to find money. You have and, to find it. And you know, WVU and, and most institutions are not giving money to the kid. They're they're getting their boosters to do it. So we have to find a way to dig up money. Like we said in the last segment, how are we going to pay these kids? Because, you know, you get a messador that leaves that we could have, okay, here, they gave you 25, we'll give you 27. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we'll give you, yeah. I mean, there has to be something, and he's got to find a way to do that because that, I mean, now that's a part of athletic director's role too because not only does he have to fundraise, he has to find a way to get that to give back to the players to keep them happy to keep, I mean, you have to do it. It's it's just the way it is now. I don't. I mean, that's the way it is. Well, the thing is, though, there's a fine line because the money that's raised through the trust doesn't go onto his resume. Right. Right. So he's got to be a person that's willing to work with the trust. Mm-hmm. Say he calls Avon. You know, Avon's he just dropped five hundred walking in the room today. So, <laughs> and, and you're willing to give X amount of dollars. Does your ego allow you to say, Hey, listen, don't give all that to the Mac give some of that to the trust as well so that can go to the NIL. As the AD, that money doesn't end up on your resume because if you read anything about him, um, he's he's secured some of the biggest fundraising efforts at Memphis and at Missouri. He got like the largest gift ever at Memphis. Yeah. he. Uh, well, I mean, I've read a little bit about him, just tweets. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the North Texas people, when they were tweeting about him, they were talking about how well he had done there. So, I mean, I didn't know much about him, and I was a little bit surprised when I heard his name. I don't, I don't know if I was – I mean, I was just surprised. You were disappointed. I, I was, no, Say I wasn't it. disappointed. I was surprised because – Who he, is he? Yeah, who is he? I didn't know anything about him. And we're, you know, we're getting all these other names, and I'm like, oh, that can't be right. right. So, so I had to go and read a little bit from, like, the North Texas fans and what they thought about him, and it seemed like most of them were pretty positive about him. So, you know, you got to give the guy a chance. And what you're saying about him willing to put his ego aside, if he's not willing to put his ego aside, he's going to lose his job. I mean, that's just how it is. That job, I mean, you have to do something to get your kids because if if you don't get the kids money, chances are you're not going to have good players, you're not going to have a good team, and then your job's on the line. Right. Well, if you've noticed the, 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 the social media aspect, the, the, the trust in the athletic department has already started to come together. It's, the videos with Huggins talking about the Country Roads Trust have already right. started back up. So they're finding that mesh together. Um, I, I'm, I like this hire. I, I know people wanted to go get Rob Mullins because he's at Morgan and everybody would have felt like they brought a guy home. Everybody, you know, West Virginians have that weird – and I'm like that too. You want your, right. home, you want your homeboys in there. You but want your hometown people, yeah. I, I like this guy. He's a Big 12 guy. He's a graduate of Oklahoma State. Um, you know, he's been around – uh, big programs. He was in the SEC. He was at Memphis. Although Memphis is a smaller school, they they play big boy basketball. basketball. Yeah, so basketball is big time. He was also <laughs> responsible for the current hire. They're paying well too at uh, North Texas. <laughs> for sure. North yeah. Texas has been in the conference. They've won the conference USA championship three years in a row. Seth, Seth Latrell wasn't it? Um, Seth Latrell is yeah. his name. So he's he's hired a good coach. He's got the resume for the fundraising. Um, he's you know so. I'm in favor of this. I think this was somebody that they wanted to bring in. This was this has Gee's fingerprints all over it. This has Gordon Gee's fingerprints all over it, in my opinion. This is a guy that Gee can kind of turn loose. Is he really in control of athletics? Hmm, right. It's probably more of a group effort now. But we'll see. I mean, I and think this guy is going to be out trying to bring the money in. When, when, so when I, read, when I read the hire, I thought, like, how 
And, and and what I read is the same thing with you. Gordon Gee was was involved in this a little bit more, and and to me, I hope he doesn't handcuff this guy from doing what he needs to do to get players. And again, there's no illegal in, anymore that you can pay these players. So we got to figure out a way to well, again, separate he, from the university. He's got to be. He's got to be in control of everything, and he has to figure. And one of the things that that bothers me, I'm like, these coaches are making all this money. They need to. They need to come up out of their pockets. Like you making four million a year. Four million. These yeah. guys are making. Well, I'm talking <laughs> Neil Brown. Oh, he, he's making four million a year. He needs to uh, do something that is going to come out of his pocket. Hey, here, here is here is seven hundred. Here's a million dollars. Get me, get me who I need. Ba- Baker's got a Baker's got a. T- Baker's got a tough job too because he's got to be in compliance. Because see, he part of right. him being as the compliance. Absolutely. So it's not. As, I mean, it's not as easy as we're making it out to be. But like you're saying, it's not really illegal as long as you find a way to do it legally. And there's about a million loopholes now, so uh, find under, one. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there are there are there is no wrong way to do it. Right. Right. Now. Exactly. Maybe maybe one. Yeah. A, a, a check being cut from the from the coach <laughs> yeah. to doing it. But well, that's that is a that is a yeah. like rule one. Coaches yeah. cannot put money in those trusts. Absolutely. However, <laughs> however, they so, can donate to something. different organizations, which yeah. can funnel that money mm-hmm. back to where it needs to be. How's yeah. Memphis getting all those McDonald's All-Americans? Well, I mean, that's just cash in bags. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll hear from Michael Sussman. He turned in his book report. He's <laughs> pre-recorded his segment, so uh, we'll have that when we come back. Hey guys, it's buy one, get one free boneless wings every Thursday at Buffalo Wild Wings. And guess what? You're going to be a dad? What? No. It's boneless Thursdays, which means free wings. (laughs) You'd be a great dad. Buy one, get one free boneless wings every Thursday, only at Buffalo Wild Wings. Buy one, get one of equal value free at participating locations for a limited time. While supplies last, limit one, not valid with other offers, size exclusions apply, delivery and takeout valid on Buffalo Wild Wings website or app, may apply. It's Mountaineer football season at Tony the Tailor. Tony the Tailor is the Valley's preeminent men's clothing store. Master Tailor Anthony Perizzino has assembled an extraordinary combination of world-renowned vendors and support staff with one goal in mind, to exceed your expectations. In addition to hand-tailored clothing, Tony the Tailor also sells quality WVU apparel from Johnny O to show your support for the Mountaineers. Use promo code Let's Go for 20% off WVU apparel at bestmastertailor.com. Hello, it's Michael Sussman here with this week's Look Inside Mountaineer Sports brought to you by Salango Law. Some contentious news broke within the WVU athletic program this week as it was announced Wednesday that the university will be retaining head football coach Neil Brown. In this four-year vortex that has been the Brown era, West Virginia has gone just 22-25. and 25. However, the Mountaineers will soldier on with Neil as Ren Baker takes over as athletic director. For a first-hand perspective on the situation, I caught up with Mountaineer sideline reporter Jed Drennan. Uh, the record stands below 500, and attendance dwindled at the end of the year, just 37,000 for that last game. You're a good person to ask because you're right there on the sidelines. What, if any, positives do you see that could indicate future success after a pretty good sample size? Well, I go back to this. You know, it was just a year ago that uh, we saw in Fort Worth at TCU you had a Hall of Fame coach with his statue outside the building in Gary Patterson. Gary Patterson is TCU's Don Nealon, right? And this 
highly respected Hall of Fame coach that's about as revered as you can be lost his football team. Uh, they quit playing for him, and that became very apparent. It's an easy thing to do to lose a locker room. I don't think people understand just how brittle that sometimes can be. And I think what became apparent down the stretch, uh, more specifically the win in Stillwater in these wretched conditions with no bowl bid to play for, this football team fought and fought hard all the way to the bitter end. So if you're looking for a silver lining, if you're looking for a positive, I'd say you start there. But more so than that, this month of December is anticipated to have close to maybe as many. Mike Farrell, the uh, national recruiting analyst, is projecting as many as 2,000 Division One players across the country to enter the portal just in this six-week window. Meanwhile, uh, the early enrollment period, we have National Signing Day coming up on December 21st. So there are so many moving pieces. This is so highly in flux that you needed some immediate element of stability. So West Virginia hires Ren Baker as athletic director out of North Texas. Uh, e. Gordon Gee talked about his ability to transition to this newer era of college football. Uh, just from your perspective, what do you like or not like about the hire? Well, uh, the buzzwords since the hire was made have been fundraising, right? Uh, I mean, uh, at every turn, you've heard that uh, he's done an exceptional job at all his stops with record fundraising efforts in multiple schools. He's going to hit the ground running, try and create some revenue sources that might otherwise not have existed, and kind of see where it goes from there. Just in closing here, and I appreciate your time today, what's it going to take to get the energy back in Milan Pushkar Stadium? you got to win. I mean, it's one thing to be highly competitive and nearly win eight or nine games. It's another thing to actually do it. Um, you got to win. The challenges before us, uh, you could argue, are greater than they've ever been. Uh, we play in a league in which I just saw all 10 of the Big 12's uh, members have a strength of schedule rank in the top 20 of the country, including West Virginia. Our non-league includes two Power Fives. Next year, we open the season on the road at Penn State, becoming the only Power Five team in the country to three years in a row open the season on the road at a Power Five. You have to meet these challenges, overcome those challenges, and find a way to win a whole bunch of football games. Many times, you're not going to be expected to win. That's Jed Drenning of the Mountaineer Sports Network. Now we'll transition to WVU basketball on the heels of Saturday's 84-74 loss at Xavier. West Virginia got off to a promising start, shooting 54% from the field and outscoring the Musketeers by seven in the first half. WVU would go ice cold down the stretch, however, as the Mountaineers allowed Xavier to go on a 19-6 run over the final seven minutes. Here was head coach Bob Huggins after the loss. They made shots and we didn't. They made shots. They got open shots, they made them, they made their free throws. We missed open shots and we missed free throws. And yet again, West Virginia struggled with turnovers, committing 12. I, don't, I mean, I don't, we, we've spent an enormous amount of time trying to fix it and uh, maybe just do all dribble handoffs where they can hand it off and not have to pass it. The Mountaineers had no answer for Musketeer guard Sule Bloom, who would finish with 23 points on 5 of 8 from the field. And the ears were exploited on the glass as well, giving up nine key offensive rebounds. We have a propensity to stand on the side of people and not get in front of them. You know, when you do that, when you're not in front of them, then they've got a straight line to the goal, and then everybody else has to help. Then they're they're in better rebound. They're on the end. They're inside rebound position. It has a lot to do with the the idea that a lot of our guys just can't guard the ball. 
One silver lining in the defeat was the play of forward Jimmy Bell as the senior finished with 12 points on a perfect 5 of 5 shooting. Um, me, I just use my body to my advantage. Um, you know, when I have smaller guys, um, I mean, I just get my shoulder into them and just keep my head above the rim and finish. So um, I had a good night tonight. Um, my teammates gave me the ball where I needed, so I, got to, uh, I was able to get to my spots. With the loss, the Mountaineers drop to 6-2 and two and will host Navy at home next Wednesday at 7 o'clock. We've never been through something like this except the Purdue game, so it's still something you got to get used to. Still got a lot of young guys, but the older guys, like including myself, we just got to got to step up. We got to step up and and get everybody going. So, thanks for listening. This has been Michael Sussman with this week's look inside Mountaineer Sports, brought to you by Salango Law. At Summit Community Bank, we believe in making people our priority. We believe in personalized service and exceptional financial products and services that meet a diverse range of needs. So whether you're saving for college, first-time home shopping, planning for retirement, or managing a small business, Summit is committed to helping you live your best financial life. Visit www.mysummit.bank to learn more. Member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. You've been in an accident. It's time to call Warner Law Offices. We've recovered millions and millions of dollars for car accident victims. Don't settle for the insurance company's low offer. Call us today. No upfront cost, free consultation, and no fees until we win your case. Warner Law Offices, when you need justice. Bobby Warner, now's the time. Call 345-6789. Welcome back to the Touchdown City Show presented by Salengo Law. Don't forget, if you like what you hear, swing by your favorite podcast platforms. Find us over there. You can listen to us anytime. And also, go over and visit touchdowncity.com. All right, guys. We talked about it earlier a little bit, but let's get into it. Uh, Michael Sussman has been running the Neon Dion campaign to Morgantown um, for for weeks now. And Neon Dion is headed to Colorado, of all places. Good fit for him out there? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it's a good fit for him. I think anywhere he'd gone would have been a good fit. We don't know. We know he had better players at the level he was at with Jackson uh, Jackson State. I'm interested to see. I imagine Hunter's going with him. That's the mm-hmm. five-star corner. Uh, his son's going with him. He's already been announced. That's the four-star quarterback. That transfer portal is going to be wild with Deion Sanders because yeah. I fully expect that he really, really, really cleans house in that portal going to Colorado because they need all the help they can get. And, and I'm pretty sure Colorado has money because that is a weed state, and they are going to give some of that weed money up and, to Neon Dion so he can go and bring in who he needs to bring state. in. It, it is the it was the first weed state. Yeah, young young, young cannabis. Young, Younger listeners won't know, but Colorado used to be a dynamite football program. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, absolutely. they used to be dynamite back in the I day. Mean, national title. They won a national title before. Sean, was it Rashawn Salam and, and Cordell uh, so, Stewart? And, yeah, Salam won the Heisman. Yeah, he won the Heisman, yep. Darian Hagan was the quarterback of the team that won the title. I believe that was like 91. Now, granted, they did get five downs against Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Yeah, it was, was like crazy. 90, 91, somewhere in that range. That's a 30 for 30, isn't it? Uh, it's it's about uh there's one about the gospel by Bill okay. and it was about Bill McCartney and in, in Colorado it's a pretty good pretty good episode if you want to watch. I'm just that. glad he didn't go to Cincinnati. Oh, he because <laughs> I didn't want him in the I, Big Twelve. I thought he was going to Cincinnati because I thought my God he can kill Ohio recruiting because Ohio State doesn't really recruit that state and if you go to the Big Twelve, you know with Texas and Oklahoma leaving, 
I was like, oh boy, he's going to go out there and he's going to take all these Ohio kids that Ohio State doesn't want, and he's going to win big. <laughs> I mean, but the other thing is, it, I mean, he's a Florida boy, and you know him going. I mean, Colorado is, is a is a it has some history, but it's just not like. I mean, again, I think Neon he went to Jackson State and took you know his son obviously, but then the the number one player in the country, like that that to me he he's gonna he's gonna clean up. At that level, because one, I think he's going to get the cash, but I just don't. I mean, Colorado is just—it's crazy. Listen, for him though, it's easy to walk into Jackson State, add a few players here and there, and you can win the swag. I don't think he's going to be able to just add a few players at Colorado, who's one in ten or one in eleven, and start winning the Pac-12. I'm sorry, I don't think he can just walk in there. It won't be a—he won't be undefeated playing and, in the Pac-12. So here's another thing. Year. People, people in the West is totally different than people in the East. I know he's 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 well traveled. He's play he's played in in California um, with the Niners. They're they're different breeds of of people from the East and people from the West are totally different. You know the way they the way they think. I think I think the reason I'm this is kind of a little bit different. What Avon's talking about the reason everybody's saying why Colorado why Colorado. Dion's doing what a coach does. You you go like it's it's a step by step process. He's probably going to use Colorado as a stepping stone. If he goes out there and he does well, he might only be at Colorado two or three years, and he may be on to say, you know, who who knows in the SEC or in the ACC. Yeah, but or, the thing is, he could have went. He could have went to Auburn. You think? I, I don't know if they offered him or not, but he may not want. He may not want. I, he wants the Florida State job. Let's be honest. That's his alma mater. I, right. I, he wants Florida State. Yeah. And if they have another couple rough years, which they. They look very good at They're the end of this year. year. They were good yeah. this year. If they have a couple of rough years, though, that job opens up and he does well at Colorado. He's going to he's going to Florida State. But I think his ultimate goal is to be at one of these blue quote blue blood college football programs. And Colorado, if he proves he can win there, then people are going to say, "We got to get this dude." Here's the thing, too. But, but back to my point. I mean, Dion's a great. He's he's the buzz, right? Well, Everybody follows him around media wise, and the recruits love him. But it, can he coach? Can he coach? That's the question. And what I'm saying, when you get into a, a tight game and you get you get out schemed, we've seen that several times in West Virginia. Hmm. Some of our recent coaches haven't been the brightest guys, X's well, and O's wise. So. Well, he, he better come up with some schemes fast because that one in eleven Colorado was probably the worst Power Five team. It, 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 if they played Northwestern, it'd be a great game. I'd like to see that game. Yeah, but one of the things that 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 separates a terrible team and a great team is a good quarterback. You and 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 if his son knows his scheme, yeah, and that's all you really need is a good. He's a five star player. I, I watched him yesterday. Yeah, he's very good. He was slinging the football, making great decisions. Um, I mean, to me, that that X is out. I mean, think about it. West Virginia, and then we we got a uh, – I can't even think his name. The dude from uh, Florida took us from mediocre – Will Greer. Will Greer to a top-notch program with a subpar coach, I would yeah. say. Yeah. Well, I mean, and the thing is, too, is he's in the Pac-12 with UCLA and USC leaving that conference. Yeah. He could he – could, I mean, he could quickly turn Colorado into, like, the best team in that conference, but – We'll see. I mean, like we'll find out how well he can do X's and O's next year because, I mean, one and eleven. If he goes out there and goes four and eight, five and seven, that's a huge, huge, huge improvement. Yeah. Well, uh, Hugh Freeze ended up at Auburn, of course. Um, as I harped on some of the insiders or saying that he was headed to West Virginia, there was even reports. If I hear another person mention a flight tracker 
<laughs> I love flight tracker time of the year. It's I'm, my favorite. I might choke somebody. But so, that's the best time. Um, so Hugh Freeze ends up at Auburn, although he is supposedly had been in Morgantown for a visit. But whatever. They they fired they fired fired Terry Bowden in like 1996 or seven for having an affair with a staffer. They fired or they wanted to fire Brian Harson in the off season for having an affair with a staffer. Then they go and hire Hugh Freeze, who called prostitutes from his Mississippi issued phone. So what's Auburn doing? <laughs> what was he thinking? That was my first question. Well, I'll tell you what. I'd like to go on a recruiting visit to Hugh Freeze. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so Hugh Freeze goes to Auburn. Luke Fickle takes the job at Wisconsin. Um, I, I don't know how I felt about that. I think I thought moving to the Big Twelve, he would have been happy in Cincinnati. Um, he's I think he's going to have opportunities in the big, the new Big Twelve at Cincinnati because he can get those Ohio players. But maybe he just looks at Wisconsin as a better opportunity. Um, but I just don't know. If, I don't know. I, I, that seemed like a lateral move to me. Yeah, I didn't. I, I mean, I don't think it was a lateral move. I think it was a step up from Cincinnati. However, um, you know, going to the Big Twelve in Cincinnati, and then him, you know, w- with Texas and Oklahoma leaving, it left it wide open, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I mean, they 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 have an opportunity to come in with his offense, with his mindset, and you know, be the number one team in the Big Twelve, and then he goes to he goes to uh, uh, Wisconsin, and my mind is, I don't see them playing the same type of football. Because he, now he's going to have to probably compete with out of the West. He's going to have UCLA and USC. I think they're doing away with divisions. Are they? They're doing away with divisions. Yeah, but still, it's it, it, to me these hires, the hires in the Big Ten were interesting to me. Because for years, it felt like everyone was chasing Ohio State and everybody's running these spread offenses and they're trying to get the next spread guy. Now, all of a sudden, Michigan's starting to win that conference and now we've hired Matt Rule and Luke Fickle, who play smash-mouth football, physical-style football. I Big wonder if football. It, yeah, I wonder if we're – yeah. But not defensively, though. I mean, their defense is, is super porous. I, I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't believe that his defensive mindset was the same. He, I just, I, well, I mean, Fickle plays. I know they play. They want to play physical football, and that's what you know. That's what he's going to do at Wisconsin. I was a little surprised that Leonard didn't get that job, and I don't think yeah. he was retained either. So he's out there as a DC. He, we need him. I'd hiring. <laughs> well, you mentioned Matt Rule heading to Nebraska. So the Big Ten um, definitely an interesting batch of hires. <laughs> the West has to get better. Yeah, has to because it is it's bad. All right, when we come back, let's talk about the Final Four. And we'll do all that here on the Touchdown City Show after this. Get more bank for your business with United Bank. Whether you'd like to start a business, purchase commercial real estate or equipment, United Bank can help. We support business development throughout our great state, making business and consumer loans and fueling opportunities. Small business owners' dreams come true and larger corporations grow. What can we do for your business? United Bank, West Virginia's bank. Proud to be united with the Mountaineers. Equal housing lender. Member FDIC. Welcome back to the Touchdown City Show, presented by Salango Law. And don't forget, swing by and visit our friend at, friends at sportsfanswv.com. Sports with an S. Fans with a Z. WV.com. Use the promo code TDC10 for a 10% discount. That's sportsfanswv.com. 
All right. Well, it was championship weekend. Lots of good games. Welcome back from Indianapolis, Derek. Yeah, thank you. I had a good time. <clears throat> had a good time. Back to back, Big Ten champs. Minus that um, kidney stone you passed. Yeah, I think I think I passed oh, the kidney stone last night. It was great. Well, not last night. It was early this morning. <laughs> Felt pretty good though. You know, instant relief. <laughs> what? <laughs> I've, I've had several. I'm good. Oh my goodness. He's you know, like Octomom. You know, after yeah. you have like two or three kids, okay. dropping kids is yeah. no big deal. I, I woke up, man. My side was bumping. I went went and peed, man. It was all blood. <laughs> Oh, God. We'll cut that out. All right. Championship weekend. Clemson over at UNC, 39-10. I know – I don't even know where that will put them. Probably in the Orange Bowl, maybe. Uh, I think think that was official, wasn't it? Didn't Clemson – Clemson's going to the Orange Bowl to play Tennessee. I believe that's the – I believe that was official. I've just seen the Final Four. Yeah, I just saw the Final Four, but, like – most of the matchups, like they, everybody was up on, like they were agreeing on them. Like Penn State was going to the Rose to play Utah. Uh, Southern Cal was going somewhere to play. Uh, oh, who were they were playing? I, I look, I'm looking forward to that Penn State Utah game. That'll that's be a good game. That's That'll be a, be a good really game. good yes. game. Uh, and then Tennessee Clemson might be a good game. You know, Joe Milton's playing, so the backup. You know, that gives Clemson like some yeah. help. And they benched. Yuga, Tung- Yuga, yeah. yeah, they Not benched Tung- him. Yuga Lalalave yeah. or however yeah, you say he was, He's bad. Man. He was awful. I can't No, he's been bad. Like he, they, I, they had a stat. I don't know if you heard it, but they haven't had a 100-yard receiver yeah. the entire year at a, a, a place with nothing but five stars. He, he, yeah, he, is, he was bad. And the crazy thing is, is like when he was a freshman and played at Notre Dame, he looks so good. Oh, yeah. Like this kid's going to be really, really good, and it's just like it never materialized. And there's reports already that he's hitting the portal. He's got a brother that's like a five-star defensive lineman, and they're going somewhere together. And they're saying USC, and I was like, "Have you seen Caleb Williams? Right. You, you ain't going playing? to USC. He, yeah. he might, he might be thinking of putting his hand in the dirt. That's yeah. like his brother. <laughs> yeah, he's I about mean, six foot nine. Yeah, he, yeah. Well, uh, Utah destroyed USC Friday night, forty-seven twenty-four. Was not a surprise to me. They rolled through USC before. USC soft on defense. Yeah, they're soft. He's going to have to fix. He's got to fix that. They're soft on defense. They can't. If you start playing power football on them, they they melt. Yeah, I, watching that game. I mean, I knew they would play well because the way they played against Florida, um, I thought I thought they would win. But then you know, I seen Caleb Williams start playing lights out, and then he got hurt, and that just that didn't do well for them. But I saw the fact that Utah, I'm like, that's a tough team. The final score was a little shocking, I thought. Not shocking, but a little surprising. I mean, it was 17-3, to and it ends 44-7 to well, that after that 17-3. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Oh, I agree. But, I mean, still, though, to give up 44. 47-24 is a Yeah, to give up 44 out of the last 51 points, is that's a little bit of a surprise. I mean, even – I know USC, I said they're soft just a second ago, but – they still have some athletes out there. Those those they were, kids. They were they, pretty banged up. Yeah, they were I banged mean, up football team. So. And of course, the game you went to, Michigan over Purdue, forty three twenty two. Not a big surprise, as we talked about before the break. The uh, Big Ten West is awful. Since the Big Ten West and East have like realigned their divisions, the Big Ten East has won every single championship. Mm-hmm. And the last, I, I I can't even recall. The only one I can recall being close was Michigan State beat Iowa thirteen to nine. The rest of them, I mean, I know there was a fifty nine nothing blowout in there, forty two to three, forty three to twenty two, like thirty one to seven. There's been some bad, bad games. They've got to do something about that. So in TCU, shockingly loses to K State. I did not see that coming. Although I had a feeling just because it was just one of those things, a rematch, two good Big Twelve teams. Um, you know, and and honestly, I thought. I thought 
TCU got in the end zone there at the end, but, you know, it's whatever. But it didn't affect their standings in the Final Four. So we ended up with Georgia at one, Michigan at two, TCU at three, and the one that, of course, everyone wants to argue about is number four, and they've proved once again why we don't need a playoff. But Ohio State sneaks in. I mean, it was either Ohio State or, or uh, Alabama. I mean, you can't have a two a two lost team in there. Even and even though uh, Saban is is you know he is pitching his you know put the best team in there. You lost twice. You're not the best team. I, I mean, that okay, right there. That right there. What Avon just said is the problem that I have with this whole playoff format. You're telling me you want the four best teams. Is it the four best teams or the four most deserving? Because if you want the four best teams, let's just cancel the season, throw Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama, and then one of LSU, USC, uh, Michigan, Tennessee, and those teams, whichever one it happens to be in that particular year, in there with those three. Because that's what you could be every single year. I want the four best teams that earn their way to play right. for the championship. It's, right. And I, I get you on that. I heard Saban say something about, oh, well, we would be favored. Well, dude, you were favored against Tennessee. You lost. You were favored against uh, – who, who else beat them? I can't even remember who beat LSU. LSU. You lost. Ohio State was favored against Michigan. They lost. Upsets happen. Like, it's – win your games. That's what made college football so great. Right. Now we're in a playoff, like Anthony said. This is, again, just proves the point. Four teams are too many already, and we're going to 12. Yeah, this that's going to be a total joke. Yeah. I, I actually, personally, I, picked, I put Bama in my fourth spot because they lost two games in the SEC in close games versus a one loss at home that you were favorite and you got Blitz. curb stomped. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't have put Bama in there because I'm, I'm tired of seeing Bama. I, I, for, <laughs> I mean, seriously, I, I just I, – I don't want to see them again. Um, I, I would have – if anything, I would have put LSU in there um, just because of <clears> – but <throat> well, not anymore. The quarterback got hurt. Excuse me. LSU, they got curb stomped yesterday. Yeah, they got, yeah, but that's who I would have, you know. If, had they won. If, yeah, had they won. But, but the thing is, is like it's hilarious to me that we're, we're having this playoff discussion every year, and it always comes down to that, that fourth spot, and it seems to always go to Ohio State or Alabama. Right. And neither one of them really deserve to get in. Now, I'm not saying Ohio – like I'm fine with them putting Ohio State in this year. I'll make that clear. But, like, it always seems to go to one of those two teams every year. It's like, well, why are we even playing games? Like, what's the point of playing games? Mm-hmm. If you're going to put them in, put them in and just tell us ahead of time so we can just turn those games off and not even watch them. Yeah. I mean, but who else would you put in there, though? Well, I mean, you know. This year, that's what I'm that's saying. What, the, argument it, yeah, the argument for four is for, there's a big yeah, argument. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, and that's fine. But I'm just saying, like, there was another year, I believe it was 2016, Ohio State didn't even make their conference championship game. Penn State won the Big Ten. They stuck Ohio State in there. In 2014, Ohio State won their conference championship game, and TCU beat Iowa State the same weekend, 62-3. to They dropped T- TCU from 4-5 to and put Ohio State in ahead of them. So what are we doing? I mean, like, just tell us you want Ohio – just tell us you want money. Yeah. Just tell us that. Just be honest with us. Tell us you want money without saying you want money. Exactly. Yeah, but, but how are they getting money? Explain to me because I'm, I'm – Viewers. I'm, I'm, yeah, but, I mean – Brand names. People are not interested in TCU because they're not a brand name. Right. Like, like the diehard college football fans, like, uh, we're going to watch no matter. We, we would watch West Virginia State play Shepard if it was on TV. Man, I watch Hawaii play yeah, this year. Uh, yeah. Right. I mean, I watch everybody. But, like, a casual fan, they're going to sit down and they're going to look at those. Say they're going to look at the Final Four this year and they're going to be like, Michigan and TCU? What's TCU doing in there? I'm not watching that. But if that was right, Michigan and Alabama, they're going to say, 
oh my God, it's Michigan and Alabama. I'm going to watch that. So you could TV put Miami viewers. in there with their record, and people would be drawn <laughs> right, to it because right. yes, they think Absolutely. that Miami, they yeah. think yeah. Jimmy Johnson's going to walk out. Yeah, right. Yeah, so I understand that now. It, it, to me, to me, uh, again. As a casual, as a casual fan, I, I get that. I get that. It, it makes yeah. sense. I mean, seventeen million people watch Michigan and Ohio State on Thanksgiving weekend. Imagine if those two teams win in this. Mm-hmm. They may get. They may get twenty five million. Because they draw the numbers anyway. Yeah. They need to stop playing that game on Monday nights for the record. Oh well, when they go to this playoff, they said it wouldn't even end to a MLK Day. <laughs> That's a, I mean, that's how long that playoff's supposed to last. Man, if we had more time, I would go on a big tangent and a about, rant yeah, about agree. the money. Because, I, I agree. You know, if you're going to make these kids play NFL schedules, play them like, pay them like NFL guys. 100%. That, if you win, let's see here. If you were, say, the – if you don't get the bye, you would have to be, say, the five seed. That would be one, two, three. You'd have to win four more games after you win, say, 12 games. You'd, you'd play 16 games. That's an NFL schedule. Yeah. Wow. And – and to to be honest with you, that those there's going to be a lot more injuries. Um, there's going to be a lot more people. Whether whether it's on the good teams or the bad teams, people are going to get hurt, which is going to, which they're like probably the not going to outcome. Yeah, but but the the problem with that is kids are not going to play in that game because it's going to be a detriment for them to go get paid for real. I would I would also encourage the NCAA to just throw out championship Saturday. Yeah, they got to get rid of it. Just get rid of it. But you Dr. don't need that game. But, but Dr. Pepper's cutting a big check, so that's just how it goes. Well, gents, that wraps up our season. It flew by with West Virginia stinking. <laughs> thank you, guys. We're 0-1 in 2023. Yeah. <laughs> so, But thank you guys for listening to the Touchdown City Show. And don't forget, we'll be starting with basketball in two weeks for the Fort Court Press. We'll see you then. To hear more of the Touchdown City Show, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or Spotify. The Touchdown City Show is produced by Anthony Lewis in partnership with HD Media, the Charleston Gazette Mail. Get your Touchdown City Podcast merchandise by visiting touchdowncity.com.